Hey folks, hope you're having a great Wednesday. I'm having a good day today and just enjoying the blessings of the Lord in my life. Thanks for joining me tonight for the midweek moment and uh, gonna encourage you to share tonight's moment, whatever platform you're watching on, always, always, always share the midweek moment and let's get as many people plugged in as we can. As you know, we are going through the gospel according to John, John's account of the gospel. And uh, we are now in chapter 4, the fourth chapter of John's Gospel. And tonight we're going to talk about the Samaritan woman or the woman at the well. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever had a conversation with someone that was an eye-opening conversation? A conversation that provoked thinking, uh, made you think differently, made you really evaluate what you thought and what you believed? Now, I would agree these conversations don't happen every day. You've had them, I've had them, and no, they don't happen every day. But when these type of conversations do happen, I think that they're transformative moments in our life. And here's what's interesting. Sometimes these transformative moments or conversations happen in the most unlikely places. Uh, I've had them on airplanes. Uh, sometimes you can have them on a train. Sometimes you can have them on a park bench. Sometimes you have a conversation like this at your local gym. Sometimes you have a conversation uh, like this in the break room where you work. Well, it's that kind of conversation that took place in John chapter 4. A Samaritan woman had a life-changing conversation with Jesus at a water well in Samaria. And we're going to look at it tonight. You ready? John chapter 4, verse number 4. And he had to pass through Samaria. So he came to the city of Samaria called Sychar, near the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. And Jacob's well was there. So Jesus, being wearied from his journey, was sitting thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. There came a woman of Samaria to draw water. And Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. So let me give you the setting, okay, the background of the setting for the story. Notice it tells us in the beginning that Jesus had to pass through Samaria. This is such a, an important point for us to grasp and understand. Jesus had left Judea and started north for Galilee. And he had really three possible routes that he could have taken to get there. First of all, he could have gone along the coast or he could have gone uh, across the Jordan up through Perea or straight through Samaria to get to his destination. Well, we know from scripture here that he chose the latter. He chose to go through Samaria. And that's what makes this, this story so interesting and I think so powerful. Because Orthodox Jews avoided Samaritan people because there was a long standing deep-seated hatred between the Jews and the Samaritans. And it was because Samaritans were a mixed race of Jews and Gentiles that grew out of the Assyrian captivity. So it was unusual for Jews and Samaritans to communicate. Uh, they didn't like each other. Uh, the Jews looked down their nose at the Samaritans. And what's interesting about this is that Jesus in his ministry, and you look at this throughout the Gospels, Jesus was never distracted, never discouraged by prejudice or by politics 
or by, you know, cultures of his day. He cared about people. And because Jesus cared about people, he went wherever he needed to go to share the love of God and the truth of salvation with people. In fact, I think that he went through Samaria because he had a divine appointment. It was on, it was on the schedule that God had ordained for him to go through Samaria. How many times did Jesus say, my will is to do the will of my Father? So I think it was a divine appointment and I think that Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit to go through Samaria. And then we read about the encounter, okay? Now that we have the background or the setting for the story, let's talk about the encounter. We pick that up in the ninth verse, John chapter four, verse number nine. Therefore the Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you being a Jew ask me for a drink since I'm a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. So immediately the Samaritan woman was shocked by Jesus approaching her and asking her. He was sitting at the well, she walked up and he said, can you give me a drink of water? She knew the prejudice that exists. She knew the differences that existed between Samaritans and Jews. And many theologians believe that it was unusual for a woman to be visiting a well alone. I'm not sure that that's the case, but some theologians feel that way. And it could be because she was considered to be somewhat of a social outcast because of her lifestyle. And if you think about it, even Jesus addressed her lifestyle when he said to her, well, you've had three different husbands, and the guy that you're living with now, he's not your husband either. So she could have been a social outcast. She goes out at the sixth hour. She goes out to draw water. She was shocked when, when a Jewish man asked her, a Samaritan woman, for a drink of water. And for many reasons, this woman would have been despised by most of the religious leaders of her day because A, she was a woman, B, she was a Samaritan woman, and C, she obviously had a questionable reputation, okay? Here's where we stumble. When we, when we categorize people, when we put people in certain categories or we pigeonhole people uh, and how we treat them depends on who they are or how they look or what they believe or how they vote, we have to stop doing that stuff. Jesus never ever did that. He was never prejudiced by any, any differences that he had with people. He was drawn to people. Jesus cared about people. Real Christianity cares about people, no matter who those people are, no matter what differences we have with those people. And that's what being Christ-like is, is showing care for people. It's being led by the Holy Spirit. And uh, Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit to go through Samaritan. Many other Jewish men would have avoided Samaritan like the plague, but not Jesus. In fact, we can't pigeonhole people. And we can't pigeonhole people if we really believe in John 3:16. God so loved the world that he came, right? Sent his son that whoever believes in him would never perish but have everlasting life. So if you believe in John 3:16, if I believe in John 3:16, then we can't look down our nose at other people. We have to be willing to, to go to people and share. Let's look at the 10th verse, you ready? Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him 
and he would have given you living water. That is the powerful phrase. He would have given you living water. Verse 14, let's look at verse number 14. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never thirst. But the water that I will give him will become in him, watch this, in him or her, a well of water springing up to eternal life. So Jesus is sitting at the well. He's there by divine appointment. The Samaritan woman walks up. He engages her and says, I would like water. And then he starts this conversation. She said, I can't believe you're asking me. You're a Jewish man. Jesus is clearly here speaking about personal salvation. He is talking about and offering her a water, not a natural water, but a spiritual water, if you will, that will quench a thirst that she has as a human being. I believe with all of my heart that inside of every person, there is an intrinsic desire. There is an intrinsic hunger, an intrinsic thirst to, to know God, to know their Creator. And that is why Jesus went through Samaria. It was to offer eternal salvation to this woman, this outcast woman at a well in Samaria. He was there to offer her eternal life and in turn to offer the Samaritans eternal life. Why? Because Jesus loves the world. All the people of the world. Red and yellow, black and white, they're all precious in His sight. And when I say Jesus loves the world, it doesn't mean that somehow by Him loving the world or the people of the world that He condones the behavior of those people. He doesn't condone bad behavior in my life. He doesn't approve of bad behavior in your life, but He loves us and because of that, He reaches out to us, okay? So, first of all, this woman, like all of us, and I'm just gonna give you some takeaways. First of all, this woman, like all of us, was attempting to meet spiritual needs in her life with natural resources. Now, we know she went out to draw natural water, but once Jesus engaged her in a spiritual conversation, okay, she realized that there was a need in her life and that natural water wouldn't satisfy the need. That's exactly what Jesus told her. How many times do we, in our life, how many times do we know people who are trying to satisfy the spiritual thirsting, the spiritual hungering, the spiritual need in their life with something natural? Let me just say that no water, no food, no relationship with a man or a woman, uh, no drugs, no alcohol, no amount of money is ever going to satisfy the spiritual thirsting and the intrinsic desire that we have in our heart to know our God and to know our Savior. Secondly, like her, like the woman at the well, we need the grace of God. We need the forgiveness of God. We need to drink from this living water. We need God's blessing. We need God's favor in our life. She had a need, Jesus came to meet the need. We have needs, Jesus came and died to meet our needs. A third takeaway, and it's a question. Are you trying different things to satisfy or to quench your spiritual thirst? Are you, are you looking to people to quench that thirst? Are you trying to satisfy this intrinsic desire, this spiritual need that all of us have, no matter, no matter 
no matter how we try to explain it away, it's there intrinsically. Are we trying to use other things to satisfy and meet that need? That's what she was doing. Through men, through relationships, whatever the case may be. A fourth takeaway, are you willing, and this is important, are you and I willing to cross any man-made boundaries to tell other people about Jesus? Are we willing to allow the Holy Spirit to lead us to people who need Jesus, to people who are spiritually thirsty? Are we willing to get out of our comfort zone? Are we willing to allow the Holy Spirit, watch this, to lead us across all racial, all cultural, all religious, all political boundaries that we as mankind establish? Will we put these people over there and these people over here? You see, true Christianity, really being Christ-like means that we cross whatever boundaries man has set up and that we go wherever we need to go or wherever the Holy Spirit is leading us or who he's leading us to, to share the living water that only Jesus provides. This is such a great, great story, the woman at the well. And I'm going to pick it up next week, and we're going to look a little bit closer at this account, and we're going to break down the conversation that went back and forth between Jesus and the woman at the well. So this week, here's the challenge. Be open to the Holy Spirit and let Him lead you to people who need Christ. And evaluate our life, you and me, Let's evaluate our life and make sure that we're not trying to satisfy the spiritual thirsting and needs of our life by some kind of natural resources or relationships. I'm looking forward to seeing you in services this weekend. Hope you have an amazing week. I'll catch up with you next time.